What's up guys, this is Shana and welcome to another episode of this lecture series, right? Today we're going to talk about the behavior of real estate. Well, it's going to be properties of properties, uh, where how properties behave, but it just sounds too complicated. <laughs> These episodes are also a joint collaboration with the team in The Makeover, guys. Yeah, because I also work there. Lah. <laughs> anyway, please enjoy. Well, in this episode, it's going to help you determine whether property is an investment asset class for you or not. Whether does it suit your risk appetite or whether does it suit your behavior as an investor. And it depends how old are you as well, right? Because the first criteria, right? Property investment is a very slow investment. It's a very, very long-term investment. So if you're a person who wants to just flip or you want quick money, right? Crypto will be better for you. Where on an hourly basis, you get 10% up and down kind of fluctuation. I think that will be more suitable because for properties, 10% increase, you may need to wait five years and that's considered lucky. Maybe 10 years later, only some can increase 20%. Not only the process of exiting the game, it includes the entry and exit process of this investment, which means in order to own a property, right, it takes around three to six months, a lot of documentation, a lot of processes you need to check your loan you need to check your ownership you need to check your eligibility choose the right property only you can own the property then 10 years later you want to sell you need to put out in the market if your price too high nobody buy if you are priced correctly then agents will come then by the time your buyer gives you that 10% down payment it's going to take another 6 to 7 months so if you are really in need of money the liquidity is not exactly very very good in terms of property investment which is point number 2 if you were to put the same amount of money for example 30,000 into stock market right let's say six months down the road something happened you really need cash you need 20,000 right you can just take out 20,000 almost instantly from stock market well one to two days lah. because something from your broking account to your saving accounts also take one day ma. some lah, I don't know which platform you're using but from a property point of view it's almost impossible well there are ways where you can actually save up more money in the loan account the property where you got extra money you can pump it in first to reduce the interest calculated but then every time you withdraw out there will be a fee of 25 ringgit and it takes up to three days in terms of processing so if you really need money like one day it's almost impossible to take out lah. because even refinancing takes another six months yeah, that is also very close to point number three is you cannot partially cash out <laughs> a property. It means that suddenly if I have again the same 30,000, if I want to buy crypto, I can exit out 10,000, right? I need this 10,000 as a birthday gift. Wow, some luxurious gift. Lah. But anyway, 10,000 for some usage, right? You can do that, but in a property setting, you cannot. I cannot just sell out a window. I cannot sell out a curtain. I cannot sell out a toilet. I can't. The fourth criteria will be high leverage. High leverage can be a good and bad thing, so it depends on how you look at it. Property is the only asset class that the bank is willing to lend you 90% to buy. Again, so if I want to buy a 500,000 property, I just need to cough out 50,000. Or if I buy from a primary market, as discussed in the previous chapter, I can only pay like up to 1,000 in terms of booking fee. I get to own a property that is 500,000. And let's say you buy the right property right after you furnish it up and you can sell at 550,000. What would be the calculation of your earning? Is it 10%, 50,000 over 500,000? Or is it cash on cash return, which is 50,000 return divided by the one 
1000 booking fee that you just paid. Well, this 50,000 is also up for tax, which means that you need to pay RBGT real property gain tax, which is imposed by the government on every property transaction if you make money. And that is one of the behavior as well in comparison to stock market and crypto. If you make 100,000 in share market today, you are not up for tax. Right, but you need to pay tax for 100,000 gain in the capital appreciation of your property. Then the next several criteria depends whether you are buying from a primary market or a secondary market. Basically, buying from a primary market means you're buying a car with no wheels. It means after you buy the car, you need to put in tires yourself. A new property today in Malaysia, you get a property that is non-furnished, which means it's basic. You don't even have fan, no light. It's just a condition that you cannot live in it. So every time when you get the keys of the house, really, right, you need to put in a lot of money again to renovate the place, which means to fit out the kitchen, to furnish with furnitures, to install all the electrical appliances for it to be livable before you can actually rent it out. But if you were to sell it out again, then you don't need to. Lah. And renovation costs here differs, whether you're doing it yourself or you can get ID designers to do or you can get makeover guys to do, right? Up to you. Next, property is a very good hedge against inflation, which means property price generally, if you look into the chart of HPI, the housing price index of Malaysia for the past 20 years, right? Every year increase around 10%, generally in average, right? Well, some are landed, some are commercial, some are industrial, right? But generally, it increased around 10 to 15%. And because of these behaviors, banks are motivated to loan you 30 years, up to 90% of the property. Just imagine you going to the bank, hey, I am buying 500,000 worth of Bitcoin, can you loan me 450,000? <laughs> Impossible. But after running the channel for two to three years time, right, I realized that the biggest hurdle for people to get into property investment will be the marathon of decisions required. Let's say if I were to buy Bitcoin today, right, I can just download the Luno app and I just choose between Bitcoin, XRP, Ethereum, and whatsoever, right? Or if you are more knowledgeable, you can go into Binance, you directly deal with visas. Or if you go into stock market, you need to pick the platforms, right? Maybe is it e-broking by Hong Leong or is it by Rakuten? Then you just select the counters that you want to buy. It's pretty direct. You just do your research and things like that. For property investment, it's almost the same but different where you first need to determine how much you can afford then when you buy right is it condo is it high rise so if you want to buy high rise is it condo is it apartment or is it service apartment then mixed development then leasehold then freehold then boomy then that same price range is it high rise or landed let's say i cannot afford it i go for high rise high rise do i go for low floor mid floor high floor then for high floor i want to go for intermediate unit or corner unit unit below the brick tank unit below the roof unit facing the refuse all this cannot with the number four cannot then you want two bedroom three bedroom two plus one then you need to settle for loan flexi loan full flexi semi flexi then mrta mlta then fire insurance then after you make all the decision a new project launch then do you then consider all the same thing all over again so it's just this marathon of different decisions you need to make especially if you're buying it as a home right if you're using it as a home it's going to be a whole different consideration because you need to take into consideration your mother's approval your father's approval your wife's approval you need to take into account the lifestyle where is it close to your kids school your wife's office your in-laws house your parents house and etc whereas if you buy stock right you just click click but on the good side, if you're buying a property, right? So especially in Malaysia where we don't really have natural disaster, where we don't really have war 
hopefully lah, right? Once you buy a property, right, generally it will be there physically, right? So it won't go kaboom or it won't just lost instantly. Whereas it will happen to other asset classes. Suddenly when you check the account, hey, 25% down, 30% down, especially those Bitcoin flows, right? Mm. Well, again, this episode, this chapter, just to allow you to determine whether are you suitable or are you in a state where you're okay to buy a property or not? Because a lot of people, when they buy a property, they look into it, right? Three years, five years down the road, eh, no undong one. Like, I waste all this time for what? I could have made more in my stock market. Like, I could have made more in crypto, right? Well, I don't blame them. I just blame the information gap. Ultimately, it's really up to your diversification, right? Your investment portfolio. Like, how much do you have? How much you allocate your investment? Some into watches, some into crypto some into share market, some into property, some into FDs and whatsoever that helps you float the boat. And there's no right or wrong. It depends on the mode or state that you are in. If you are super aggressive or you're ultra aggressive like me or you're in a state where you're super conservative. So again, this one, no right, no wrong, entirely up to you. But ultimately, diversification is key. Diversification is also very, very essential to any investment portfolios. And I guess that's all for this chapter thank you very much for watching and see you on the next chapter ciao